the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show on this Hump Day. I'm in a phenomenal mood tonight, even though I just found out I've been stabbed in my back, babies. People at the station eating cake today and didn't even tell me that there was birthday cake at the station earlier. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with some people because they know how much I love my cake because cake is basically just, you know, a big donut. Um, but I can forgive because that's just the kind of gal I am. All right. Glad to have you all with me for this hour, too. If you missed last hour, don't forget that you can uh, download the podcast wherever you get your pods. We had Reggie Littlejohn on to talk about the digital gulag that's coming. We must resist or we are all going to be in a virtual prison, literally. Um, And 2024 is probably the most pivotal year that we have in order to push back against the communism that's coming our way or totalitarianism, authoritarianism, whatever ism for which you uh, think is most appropriate. We've also been spending a lot of time updating you guys on the extent in which the deep state is coming after Americans. This is not just about Trump. This was a, a Jan six was always about trying to stop the MAGA movement as well as trying to cover up the election fraud that took took place. The Democrats always great at that, right? I mean, it was Hillary Clinton colluding with the Russians with the smear campaign campaign, you know, the, the, the steel dossier. And then what did they accuse Trump of Russian collusion, right? They've criminalized questioning the outcome of an election when what the Fed's direction was all about was covering up the election fraud that took place. And what have, and how have they been able to weaponize that? We talked last hour about special counsel, Jack Smith subpoenaing, uh, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, the records of not just Trump's Twitter activity, but anybody that interact with him, interacted with him between the time frame of October 2020 and 2021. We also want to spend a little time talking about the court cases that are taking place. There was a little breaking news on out of New York today. We've got a special guest coming up, Tim Rivers, who's author of the book, The American Gulag Chronicles. But before I go any further, I got to bring in this man, this tasty little morsel known as my co-host, the co-ho, the one and only DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some sesame broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat sesame broccolini. Well, I think it's safe to say Trump was right when he said that they're not really going after him. They're going after MAGA. Uh, That's what Mm -hmm. this is really about. And that's just becoming more and more clear as time goes on. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, the, the time is overdue for Americans to realize 
uh, what's happening. And it's not just uh, those who question the outcome of an election. You're not going to be spared from this just because you were not there at Jan 6. Uh, There's some breaking news involving uh, one of the court cases uh, that's going on against Trump. And joining me now to discuss is Tim Rivers. He's author of the book, The American Gulag Chronicles. Uh, Last week or the week before we had Jake Lang on the show, uh, political prisoner uh, Jake Lang. I think I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. Well, Tim Rivers has letters from the Gulag from uh, many, if not all, of the political prisoners there, and he joins me now to discuss. Hi, Tim Rivers. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, there's a uh, you know there's so many people. People have no idea. There's over 200 people in jail right now, and over 1,200 people indicted for being mm-hmm. there January 6. Whether they were in the building or not, and uh, I don't think America realizes, you know, how severe this has been or how deeply it's spread beyond, like you said, beyond J6. It's uh, election deniers now. It's pro-life activists. It's priests. It's ministers. Uh, really, the, this has gone way beyond just J6ers. Uh, it's now about anybody with the conservative mindset mm-hmm. that refuses to basically buy into the new narrative. Absolutely. They're so intent by sending and part of and- Part of the tactic going on here is to also send a message to the rest of us that they're coming for us. So they had to expand and get as many indictments as they could, Tim Rivers. And one of the things that they did was they actually expanded. There's a perimeter outside of the Capitol in which you're, you're, um, is a no-go zone. And so they've actually, they expanded the no-go zone to take people that actually had permits to be there and make them criminals. If if you follow, right, that's that's exactly what they did. And now they've extended um, as part of the lawsuit uh, involving the indictments against Donald J. Trump for Jan 6. Now special counsel Jack Smith is going after records of anybody that just between October 2020 and January 6 that had any interaction with Trump's Twitter accounts at all, even if you just so much as liked a tweet on that. So now, so it not only, they've not only progressed from people that were inside the Capitol to people outside the Capitol to people that actually had permits to be outside of the Capitol because they extended the no-go zone. Now it's, you didn't even have to get on a plane to go to the Capitol. You just have to click like on a tweet, right? Yeah, they've they've spread this out. You know, most of the people who were involved in January 6th and who were involved in the support organizations like we are, are now a, a quadruple S when you get to the airport. You know what that means? Uh, no. You get held back, or hopefully you're probably going to miss your flight. Your uh, All your luggage and everything is going to be completely gone through. You're going to be searched intensively. And this is spread not just to the J6ers, their spouses. We had an infant, an infant, whose ticket mm. came up with four S's on it. And and this is spreading to people that you know, people you're associated with. like, you know, how's that seven degrees with Kevin Bacon or whatever. It's it's really gotten beyond overreach. And that's what, you know, all these letters that have been coming in for over two and a half years now, over and over again, these guys are telling you and telling, trying to tell America what has happened to them is just a taste of what's going to happen to you if America doesn't wake up and stop this this push to completely change the cultural makeup of our country. And over and over again in, in the book and in their letters that I get every day, I got a stack of them here in front of me. Um, they plead with America to recognize what's happening and to do something, anything. 
Um, you can see all these letters pretty much. I let you see the first portion of the book for free. All the proceeds from the book go to help these people and their families. It's at lettersfromprison.us. And unfortunately, Andrea, we did this book a year, over a year ago. It came out in October, November of 2022. It's been another year. I've got huge stacks of letters still here. There is now book two called The Art of Confinement um, that is now available for pre-order. And it takes this story into the courts, into the sentences, into the heartbreak of the family. It really is. It's hard to get through these books without actually crying. Um, But America needs to hear this. Well, they do need to hear it because this is we literally have political prisoners in the United States of America. And that is not hyperbole. We had a judge refuse to deny bail to a young man because he was homeschooled. And the judge said, I can't send you back to where you were home to to your home because that you were homeschooled. Therefore, you were indoctrinated into extremism because you dared to question the outcome of an election. That is not just blatantly unconstitutional. That's Castro Cuba level communism. And and, and like I said at the open, pick your ism. It should not be happening in the United States of America. And there's what Trump is trying to do now. And there's there's good news for Trump. I mean, he's been indicted from New York City down to Miami uh, to D.C. The Jan 6 indictments are really are, are really incredibly serious. Uh, they're not going to win against Trump in New York. There's breaking news today. Deutsche Bank came and gave testimony that completely blew, uh, you know, that fraud case out of the, out of the open, uh, out of the water. Um, but it's still incredibly important because what that does in that case is it opens up a precedent of uh, for political reasons for courts to be completely destroying people's businesses. And so we can't, we can, that's another avenue they're going to be going after us, Tim Rivers. But getting back to this D.C. trial against Trump, they did a brilliant motion, in my opinion, saying that they have a right to know what all, Christopher Ray. none of them have been willing to admit to committee how many feds were involved on that day in Jan 6. And he has, a, he has the right under the Constitution to know who all was there, how many, and their names. Um, your thoughts? We know a lot about that. In fact, you can hear a lot about that because I do jailhouse interviews with these guys and in-person interviews for the ones that have been released. And they'll tell you, and by the way, these are special forces veterans. They know what these guys look like. They know the behavior of operatives within a crowd because that's what they do. Uh, And they have identified and testified to these individuals in the crowd who stand out like a sore thumb who are doing uh, things that are like, why are you taking down the bicycle barriers, you know, an hour and a half before anybody even leaves from the ellipse? There are some things that are coming out in these videos that America needs to see and then make these decisions for themselves. Try to undo, if you can, it's kind of hard to do, try and wipe your mind clean of the two and a half years of histories of lies that have been presented to you, and then try and, and regain the truth for yourself. Go to the font of truth. Go to the people who were there. Go to the people who are sentenced for this. Go to the people who can tell you exactly what happened that day and hear it for yourself. That's a j6patriotnews.com. I got over three or four dozen interviews out there with these folks. You really need to listen to them. 
Is there one case in particular that's, uh, you know, for me, the, the you know, there's uh, as bad, if not worse than the political prisoners is the four people so desperate to avoid the persecution that they committed suicide. One of which we just saw on the Jan 6 tapes, uh, Matthew Perna just walking, you know, like on a guided tour of the Capitol. Uh, the U.S. government has blood on their hands. But is there one or two stories that you feel that you want to tell us that will really hit home to the American people? What's going on with them behind bars? Yeah, there is. It's the letter that made me into Furious Tim that brought me out of a very comfortable retirement and into this frontline activist role. It was Jeff McKellop. Jeff McKellop is a, is a 50-year-old. He's the same age as my oldest son. A 22-year Green Beret veteran, three times decorated Bronze Stars, worked for the State Department for almost 10 years in protective services, never been arrested, father of two beautiful children, an American hero. There's no other word for it. And he was the first letter I got back from the gulag. And it just ripped my heart out. Um, And his story is that even today, two and a half years, he was arrested in March 2021. He sits today in a prison in Fort Worth, Texas, and has not seen trial. Wow. And that's the story. Over and over again, you'll see that he's one of the first letters. If you look at the free preview of my book out there, you'll actually get to read his four-page letter that ripped my heart out and turned me into this activist. And I'm just wondering, how many other people will that letter turn on? We've got to do something because these people, and one of the things that galls me, if you notice, I haven't really talked much about Trump in this interview because this is uh, so much about what's going on in our country isn't about Trump himself as a man. It's about a movement. It's about, this is about Mao's revolution. This is about uh, the forces of communism and evil taking root in the country and persecuting and prosecuting anybody who stands in the way. MAGA is about a movement. It's not about a man. And so uh, do you think that those, the, the political prisoners view it that way? Or do they think that they were there in support of Trump himself? No, many of them view, many will tell you, and again, listen to the letters. I mean, listen to their interviews. And they'll tell you, God called me to go that day. I had one guy tell me, I was standing outside. I said, man, I don't want to go in there. And I heard him tell me, you need to go into the Capitol today. It will be okay. And I'm going to serve the sentence. But but the reality is that he felt this calling, this whether you want to call it patriotism, whether you want to call it belief in, in what America really believes in, these people were called to go that day. And they went with love and patriotism in their heart, and they were met with violence and evil. And, and that evil persists and grows today and threatens all of us, you and I, especially since we, we are dare to speak truth. We are the next ones in the line, believe me. And mm-hmm. there is no doubt that if you do not look back at what happened in, in Russia and you do not recall the, the, the famous point that said when they did nothing, when he talks about yes. when they came for one person and I didn't do anything because that wasn't me or they came for the spouse. And then at the end, when they come for you, there's nobody left to save you. And, yep. and that's what we're facing today, America. It's time to really get involved locally. Local action means national impact. Listen to these people who are bringing truth to you and then get out there and do something. Write a letter to a prisoner. Go to PatriotMailProject.com. PatriotMailProject.com. Pick a prisoner from your state, from J6, and write that individual and tell them that he is not and she is not forgotten. 
Mr. Rivers, thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Don't do nothing, America. That's right. We got to do something. The future of this country is at stake. We'll be right back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Uh, last segment, we were li- talking to Tim Rivers, author of the American Gulag Chronicles, who started uh, just interacting with... Uh, American uh, Jan 6 defendants um, stuck in the prison and in the gulag and decided to write a book about it and come out of retirement in order to uh, help save this country from the scourge of communism taking root. If you missed the segment, don't forget to download our podcast wherever you get your pods. Uh, Sesame Broccolini, uh, any thoughts about the situation? Yeah, well... um I'm I'm glad that we're talking about this because there's a lot of news out there all the time circulating and people tend to just go with the flow and focus on new things that they come up but this is a really important story to revisit because it's it's just so it's so profoundly tyrannical what has happened mm-hmm. to these defendants and it's not over. This is not the last chapter of the story. Um th- this bloated leviathan government we have is just getting started and it's scary i don't even recognize this country anymore truly i mean to watch the u.s government completely trample all over our god-given rights time and time and time again and especially with when you talk about these defendants so many of them seem just to be so pure of motivation good-hearted true american patriots i mean we've left the border wide open to people who chant death to America, people who are wanting to conquer this country. But this is how we treat real patriots, people who care enough to peacefully protest and exercise their, their first amendment rights. It's, it's just mind boggling to me that this government is getting away with this kind of tyranny. And I I just, I want people to keep, I I really am thinking about writing um, to somebody on the Patriot project uh, through his website that he mentioned, because I just I, I want these people to these defendants to know that they're not forgotten about um, and that we will continue to talk about their stories because there's just so much to learn here. And it, it really is just such a scary window into the future of America. I'm not sure if, if yeah. what's happened with this whole January 6th thing is foreshadowing of what's to come. But if it is, then we're heading for a banana republic kind of situation. And I'm not sure how you go about it, how we can reclaim this republic before it's completely gone i don't think it is completely gone yet but we're losing it and yeah as the days go by i I recognize this country less and less and less and it's it's a little demoralizing but i also want to keep the faith and because i know there are so many other people that are talking about this too and doing good work and trying to fight the good fight in the trenches every day like like tim so Mm -hmm. you know um, yeah that gives me faith yeah. And, you know, I also take encouragement when I get emails from listeners. In fact, here's one for you. Um, let me pull this one up here. It's from Larry. And the subject matter is sesame broccoli. And he says, I called and left a message asking the name of the specific Catholic church pushing Gaza. <laughs> 
Uh, you know what he's talking about here. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't so long ago that we were taught we were talking on the show. I, th- that's sort of it's it's a little bit spot on. I mean, what I really was saying was that I was at mass a couple of weeks ago and the priest oh, yeah. said that we should pray. He wrapped up the service by saying that we should pray for the people of Gaza, That's which right. I have no issue with, but he, for the, you know, the innocent people or non-combatants who get caught up in these bigger political wars, that's fine. But he didn't say anything about praying for the people of Israel. Um, having said that, I mean, that's, it's just, a, it doesn't matter which specific church it is. Um, that, that's not really what's important here. What's important right. is that, um, we need to stand strong with with these, really with our ally Israel, but really just against injustice. I mean, we're we're all children of God, and it's it's very difficult to watch what's happening in the Middle East and what's been happening for a long, long time. And it's really just difficult to look at the hatred you see in these Hamas terrorists. Um, I can't imagine just how much hatred and vitriol is in the hearts of these these terrorists um, and Hamas. But I just, I think that we, the, especially with the Catholic church, I just don't like the direction it's going in writ large, especially with Pope Francis. Yeah. And I, I would like to see them take a stronger stand uh, as far as standing up against or standing for all people, if they're going to be like that, or standing against all forms of violence or, or terror or whatever it is, you know, I, I, and, and specifically for me, I, I just want to see more um, love thrown toward Israel. Uh, I, I don't know why it's so controversial to stand with the people of Israel in modern America, um, but there are so many churches that don't want to take a strong position on moral issues, and that's what the church is for. You're supposed to be right. a guiding light for people in the community. Don't shy away from big conflicts because you're afraid. You know, you, the Bible talks about this. You cannot let fear stop you from doing what is right. No. Um, you no. absolutely cannot. And that's what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago in mass, yeah, actually. That's so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that also we have an obligation as Christians to engage. We're supposed to be going out into the world mm-hmm. and ministering and giving testimony. And yet the same, and yet Christians will say, well, I can't get involved in politics. Well, yep. what do you think it means to go out and minister mm-hmm. and to talk to people? How do you, how, you know, that's part of what our job, you can't disconnect the politics. It affects our lives. And it, it's, it's in, in what this is a battle of good versus evil. And you're going to stay silent. What, you know, what do you think is going on um, with a communist movement that seeks to persecute people for their Christian beliefs? Mm-hmm. Do you really think that, that Jesus and, and wants you to stay quiet? No. In fact, if you read the end times, you understand that the season that many people are going to find themselves in is being, are being asked whether or not they're willing to denounce Jesus in order to be able to eat, Right the mark of the beast and all of that. Um, So absolutely it is our job to engage in the politics because of the, of what, what's going to be happening. And some people might say, well, um, if that's, you know, if it's a fait accompli, if, if that's where we're going, what's the point? I might as well just bury my head in the sand and, you know, watch reruns of Gilligan's Island and ignore, well, I can't do that because I feel like I have a responsibility to fight and fight and fight. And um, until and I will until my my last breath. Part of what's going on in the churches is they become corrupted, and they're also ignorant. How many pastors, if it, you know, if if or 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 priests are actually knowledgeable 
about government systems, about what's going on. How much are they actually spending time or are they just listening to the legacy media themselves and parroting the same same crap that kids are getting indoctrinated in in college? In fact, here's an interview. I pulled a clip of Deputy Executive Director at the UN who's refusing to condemn Hamas. If you can play that clip. Most priority. Is there a reason, though, Sarah, that you can't specifically call out Hamas and the mounting evidence now over seven weeks that Israeli investigators have collected that we've shown our viewers about the atrocities they committed specifically on October 7th? Because I think that's the crux of the issue here. It's not just condemning sexual violence against women and in any war in general. It's specifically what occurred on October 7th perpetrated by Hamas. Indeed. UN Women always supports impartial, independent investigations into any serious allegations of gender-based or sexual violence. And within the UN family, these investigations are led by the Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights. And just to provide a little bit of context in terms of UN Women's role, UN Women specifically provides and has extensive knowledge on gender-based violence and provides and supports investigations as we do with all UN investigations. And so consequently, in this context and within the UN system, it is the Independent International Commission of Inquiry, which for us has the mandate to investigate all alleged I can't even listen to this in- absolutely insane drivel from this hag another moment. The terrorists admit that they rape women. You could see the blood on the women. We know that it happened. I don't want to hear any yammering from the UN about investigations. How about the fact that under Sharia law, it's legalized to rape women who have been uh, uh, stoned women to death who've been raped. So yeah, it's okay for them to rape in Sharia. And then brutalize the women afterwards. They marry off nine-year-old girls. They cut off their genitals with rusty knives and no anesthesia. That's what goes on in Sharia. And yet the UN, and they absolutely rape and, and slaughter Jewish women. There's evidence of it all over the place. There's no excuse for why the UN continues to operate at all with another dime of U.S. dollars, and it should not be in the United States of America. Do you agree with me, Sesame? 100 percent. I don't I don't have any interest in more vague platitudes or liberal pieties about we support all women in abstract theoretical situations and independent investigating teams. This is a cut and dry, very simple answer. Of course, you condemn what Hamas is doing to the women of Israel, to women in Gaza, to women everywhere. And it's something they brag about. Hamas does not hide this, just to your point. They are, they are posting stuff online. They brag about what they get away with and the horrible things that they do. So I, I think this, this is a really interesting discussion because it kind of just proves the point that the UN is really worthless. I mean, what is UN women actually doing to protect any woman anywhere? 
I mean, from what I gathered, they're really just there to issue platitudes and talking points and raise money. But I, I, and then maybe I'm wrong, but I can't think of a single thing UN Women really does, and I can't think of anything the UN really does for anybody. I, I, every time the UN gets involved in conflict, by the way, historically things get a lot worse, especially when we talk about peacekeeping missions. But yeah, I just this is such a non-answer, and it's um, why is it so hard to condemn terrorism? That's what I'm racking my brain with. I don't understand why it's so controversial to take a stand against genocide, which is Hamas's stated goal. And it has been since its inception. Well, I guess if you're anti-Semitic, that's why it's hard. Um, it, it, and also we're dealing with um, the fact that... Uh, how do I say this without saying, I mean, it, there, it, I was just talking about, this is a battle of good versus evil. And in general, what we have going on in order to push for the most evil government system in the history of the world, communism, evil must be perpetrated on innocent people. And right now it involves children and women. It's a war against them both right now. I want to play a clip from and they will justify rape they will justify the mutilation of children's genitals all uh, uh, you know under the phony guise of this equality or this inclusion or whatever when it's all about destruction of you know um u.s society we're going to take a break we come back we've got a clip to play for you guys from senator kennedy that proves my point so don't go anywhere this is the andrew k show on am 1170 fm 96.1 and streaming all over the world Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. One of the ways in which uh, communism, authoritarianism, all the isms get uh, over on uh, societies is through um, the destruction of law and order. And the crimes against the most vulnerable of society. And in this case, we see this taking place here in the United States against children and women, much like you see in Islamic countries, right? And um, here's a perfect example of it. The Democrats are absolutely manufacturing a crime wave across this country, whether it's through the Nobel policies, just flat out releasing murderers and child rapists back out on the streets to the you know open border that we have. And there's lots of benefits for the Democrats in the course of that. They won't admit it, though, but it's one of the key ways in which you can destroy the fabric of a nation. And here is Senator Kennedy uh, out of Louisiana. He's he's questioning a University of Chicago um, medicine medicine violence recovery program director about rape. You, you said, I wrote it down. You said that no one should be judged by the worst thing they have done in their lives. Correct. If one of these young doctors sitting behind you. God forbid, walks out on the streets of Washington, D.C. and is raped or sodomized. You don't think the rapist should be judged? I don't think it should be terminal. It shouldn't be for the rest of their lives. 
You think we should forgive them and not give them any punishment? I believe in you forgiveness. You think nobody's responsible for their actions? I believe in responsibility. I believe in forgiveness. Thank you, Mr. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yeah. Thank you, Senator Kennedy. Senator Butler. If you're a woman, tell me how you vote Democrat. Wow. No punishment. You can just rape a woman, you won't be forgiven. See, they need these violent criminals in the Democrat Party. They need them for a variety of different reasons. They need women scared, hunkering down in their homes. They need women dependent on the government. They need them quiet. It's not the Republican Party that wants women barefoot and pregnant and and shutting up in a corner cooking a meal, okay? This crime wave that's being inflicted across women and children across this country is about oppression. It's just another example of how I see very little daylight between the Democrat Party and the Taliban or in the Islamic terrorist. In fact, the Democrat Party fought legislation to ban female genital mutilation in areas in which uh, the Democrats and Republicans like George W. Bush flooded our country with Sharia-loving Islamists who've been honor killings, FGM, and more in this country. And then you've got the violence against children in the form of transgenderism. You've got the violence against children in, in the form of their minds, the psychological games. We've got violence in the streets. One of the reasons why... They prosecuted, uh, what was his name, and uh, little chubby cheek dude up in uh, Minneapolis. What was his name? Cried on the stand. Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, right, right. Okay. Uh, the the person, the prosecution of Kyle Rittenhouse was about to tell you American people that the that certain classes of citizens get to roam around in this country, behave anyhow they want, burn down buildings with people inside, beat business owners over the head with two-by-fours, and you are not allowed to be out in the streets, certainly not carrying to defend your city. It's about This is about conquest going on. We are under conquest right now through our southern border, through our own government that is sympathetic, if not on the same side as the terrorist, and partnered with other forms of terrorists, Marxist in this country, like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And the message to the rest of us is you better shut up and sit down and stay inside because you don't have a right to exist unless you tow our line. That's the message being sent. Am I overstating it, Sesame Broccolini? No, I, I don't think so. Um, it's it's just, it's very it's a very gripping message, and I'm hoping people will finally start to wake up I mean, I think I think people are, but especially with the Rittenhouse case, and and he's been in the news again lately. People cannot leave it alone. I don't know if you saw the Piers Morgan situation with with Kyle Rittenhouse, but Piers Morgan just set him up and and basically, you know, um, well on on TV told him, you know, you you killed three people, you basically murdered them. Um, how does it feel? And the look on Kyle's face, um, he handled it very, very well, actually. And I'm not sure if you saw it. I'm not sure if anyone else saw it. But it really, really struck me because Kyle was, I mean, the whole thing was just completely a hit job. But the media went after him mm-hmm. as if he was some sort of terrorist ringleader slash evil conspiracy theorist who was marching around like a vigilante when he was standing up and doing what was right. Um, 
and by the way, people he were atta- chased down. He was he, chased yeah by down by convicted by convicted sex offenders and 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 people with long rap sheets who were threatening him and pulling someone pulled a gun on him. I mean, it was his life or theirs at some point. That's the that's the unfortunate reality long, of it. Yeah, and not long after that that situation, there was somebody that was killed by a skateboard. Yes, uh, in a bathroom in Orange County. Yes, California. Exactly. So that so, skateboard that that person was wielding at his head absolutely would have killed yes, him. Yes, very real, credible threat. Everything he did was justified. Um, and, to, and, just, and that's why I think the mainstream media cannot stand it. They are looking mm-hmm. for any kind of dirt on him, any way to reframe him as the bad guy, any way to spin the situation. But he truth, truly handled that situation as well he's, as he could have. And honestly, he handled this just lousy attack from Piers Morgan today, like a champion, truly. Um, I just can't yeah. believe how collected he's been despite all of the attacks. And I have the same thoughts about Trump all the time. I can't believe he's a, he puts up with so much and he's the only president in recent history to take a pay decrease for that job. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost yeah. money go, coming out of uh, Washington, oh. D.C., which yeah. is despite every other career-long politician who goes in with a net worth of like $1 million and comes out with a net worth of $50 million or $60 yeah. million. You see that all the time in Congress, including with Pelosi. So I, I just cannot believe that the mainstream media, um, is they get so nasty, but I think that goes to show that we're, we're in the right here on this one. And Kyle Rittenhouse mm-hmm. was in the right and Trump is. He's obviously touching a nerve because it's generating so much media mania and frenzy people. There is a derangement syndrome that's not just tied to Trump. It's tied to MAGA, to America First conservatives, um, to the founding fathers. It's, it's unbelievable to see how deranged people are in this, in this country today. Um, talk about this this whole uh soviet you know this whole turning the u.s into the ussr they they have to make the opposition look bad they this is on the this is all about criminalizing maga they have to this is all these Mm -hmm. hit pieces are it's all for the same goal we have to be able to justify trampling over people's constitutional rights and the only way to do that is to paint them as some sort of unique threat to democracy and that's exactly Mm -hmm. what they said about trump meanwhile the bidens are selling out this democracy to the highest bidder whether it's ukrainian or a chinese foreign national or somebody in kazakhstan of all places Mm -hmm. so it's it's just Mm -hmm. so unbelievable to me it really is it is yeah it is in fact we've got a clip to play for, for on that regard from the new chicago mayor which, uh, you know, they can never, you know, admit uh, their failures. Uh, And then on top of it, they have to attack anybody uh, that points them out, right? And um, at the same time, because the Kyle Rittenhouse thing was about not just prosecuting the notion of self-defense, but also about gun control. What is the city where it's, um, um, you know, where we had more people dying every weekend than in the Iraq war in Chicago, when we come back, we're going to take a break. We come back. You're not going to believe with the Chicago mayor who he's blaming for the city's failures. Stay tuned. It's a good one. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. 
continuing our discussion about uh, the left, all their different tactics and the ways in which they're getting communism over on us. Uh, while they destroy this nation and foment violence in a variety of different ways, they've got to blame everybody else for it, not their own policies, as though people are stupid. But that took a, that tactic took a new low today. And I don't know if you heard about this, Sesame Broccolini. So I pulled this clip of the Chicago mayor blaming uh, people for uh, the city's failures. And even I was taken aback by this. Take a listen. What we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, Everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. They're still mad that a black man is free in this country. This is nothing new. But aren't you glad that the soul of Chicago won't be broken? And those are the words of, uh, I think, Beyonce. You won't break our soul. (laughs) We can't accept the outcome of the Civil War. And then he's got to quote Beyonce. (laughs) He sounds stupider than the dude from the U.K., talking about how great squirrels are, are the moss of the squirrel world. This dude is just a squirrel in my world looking for a nut. <laughs> That's a new one, that we haven't accepted the outcome of the Civil War. That's the whole problem that we got going on, Sesame Broccolini. Your thoughts? I didn't think anybody... <laughs> could get dumber than the previous mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. (laughs) So, Mr. Johnson, if you're listening, congratulations, my friend, because you, sir, might be the least competent politician in modern-day America. And just by the way, it's it's so obvious, but I'll just state it really quickly. My friend, you you must not know the history of the Republican Party, Uh, and you must not know about the history of the Civil War. And who was on what side, my friend, and how that worked out, and Reconstruction, and how that went, and everything else that follows. So, yeah, it's just incredibly hilarious, because if you Google search first, uh, you know, African-American congresspeople in the United States, they're all Republicans. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's obvious. I would think it's obvious to those of us who actually know history, but then then again, I have to remind myself, so many people in this country who are leaders don't know squat about anything when it comes to history, so... I just have to check myself for assuming that uh, that Brandon Johnson knows anything about anything. That, that's my bad. I I really should not, you know, assume. Well, evidently, <laughs> no, y- y- yeah. Well, evidently, he knows the great political philosopher of our time, Beyonce. <laughs> okay, that he knows. He's quoting Beyonce. Okay, and when you you know who needs to read Socrates? Who needs to read you know the Little Prince? Right? Who needs to read you know Mein Kampf? We've got Beyonce, right? If you if you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> right up there with "Give me liberty or give me death." <laughs> Once again, I'm reminded of the greatest skit on, ever on in Living Color with Damon Wayans, the black politi- the the black prisoner trying to use all the big words. Right? Um, <laughs> have you ever seen that skit? Yeah, it's been a little while, but that's that's a good one. <laughs> Let me flagellate on your <laughs> prostate. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I hope he goes to the microphone more often because between him, the UK parliament member tonight talking about gray squirrels are the moths of the squirrel world and Joe Biden offering to show somebody the nukes, I guess at the show and tell, I am just done. I am done on tonight's show. <laughs> what? What kind of world am I in? Can I go to this? Can I go live in the squirrel world between the grays and the red squirrels? I don't know. Anyway, we are done for tonight. We've made it over the hump. Tomorrow is Thursday, and we will be back here 6 p.m. Pacific time on the Andrea K. Show. Hopefully, we've got <laughs> smarter people we can report on than uh, Joe Biden and the UK Parliament member or the new mayor of Chicago. Hey, appreciate you guys. Follow me on all the socials. Don't forget our podcast. Download it wherever you get your podcast. Our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.